This is City Post Church. We're about three things. Build, equip, and send. All under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. A small church plant in Fort Worth, Texas. Who decided to do things a little differently. Adoramos a Jesucristo. I love City Post because of the people. It's where I belong. We truly preach the word. I love City Post because of the community we've been able to build. To do ministry like Jesus, for light to push back darkness. This is City Post Podcast. It's John chapter 4. First John chapter 4. Today we're going to wrap up that chapter 4 in 1 John. We've been talking a lot about love lately. <clears throat> but also, um, we can't talk about how God is love and that God is uh, about Love, unless we recognize how God defines and demonstrates love. And, and we saw that in um, a few weeks ago, how he said, this is what love is. That Jesus came down, he gave his life on the cross for us, but the way he demonstrates it, or the way that he really defines it, is the propitiation. He covered our payment <clears throat> for God's wrath through sin. So before we really continue with love, we, we got to understand really what God is talking about here. Um, so I want to start off with a question. How many of you guys remember the first time you fell in love? Think back. Think back. The first time you fell. I mean, for some of us, it was middle school. No, I'm joking. Uh, so <laughs> for some of us, it was high school. For some of us, as we walked into that location, that place, you remember the sights, the sounds, the smells. When that waitress tells you, if you just leave your card on green, they're going to keep bringing meat to you. You're like, I'm in love, man. This is it, right? So, so many of us have, ex- have, ex- have these experiences of the first time we fell in love. And one of those things, um, you know, what love does, it makes you do some silly things, especially... Uh, in your adolescence and when you're younger and you start thinking like this is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life but my mom is calling me I have to go home and eat right now so I'll have to you know it's like we, we have this mentality um, so I grew up in the early mid 90s and there was one thing that would happen to show and to prove someone that you were really thinking about them and that that you kind of were like smitten and it's this thing right here you know what I'm talking about? All right, so, so what you would do is, like, if you really, really cared about somebody, if you really, really fell in love, fell in love with somebody, you would make them a mixtape. And as I was cleaning out my old closet, I was looking through some stuff, I actually found a mixtape. Um, it wasn't that I made it for somebody, but actually somebody made it for me. Right. So and, 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 uh, and I remember this person, you know, uh, finishing my freshman year of high school. And the gist of a mixtape is that you take songs that make you, that remind you about the person that you are in love with. So it's like you think of titles. So you, you inadvertently put specific songs because you're trying to tell them something with the title. And um, this is, actually, go ahead and put that slide up. So I took a picture of it so y'all get a better, a clearer view of what this looks like. So apparently uh, this little girl's name was Amanda, and she made me a mixtape. 
And I remember this is me in my freshman year of high school. Don't get crazy. Rachel's the one I love. You're the one I, you're the one I choose. You know what I'm saying? All right, so, so um, and she made, so this is actually side one of Amanda's mix number two. So there's actually two tapes that she gave me. But because we're at church, I couldn't show you the titles of some of the songs. So we're going to go with mixtape number two because they're a little bit inappropriate. So let's go ahead and put that up. So just to show you some of the titles of the songs, uh, Everything I Do, Brian Adams. And I remember this is like mid-90s. So, you know, some of you are like, what is that? Um, My Body. I don't even know what that song is. Um, It's Your Love, Crash, David Matthews, Ants Marching. That's random. Jeremy from Pearl Jam. Um, but in, in like, it's, it's weird because it's like you're trying to tell somebody something and, and what you would do is you would put all these songs on a mixtape and, and then I would go up to some, you know, you go up to somebody like, hey, I made this because these songs make me think of you, right? <laughs> and then you're like, you bust it out, they go home, they listen to it, whether it's tapes or some of you guys would make mix CDs. And um, some of y'all are thinking, man, Ricky, that's so dumb, like don't hate just because nobody made a mixtape for you, right? <laughs> Some of you are like, I wish somebody made me a mixtape. And um, so on, on the first mixtape that she made, I was looking at some of the songs. It was so interesting. You know, you had like the Casey and JoJo, the All My Life. And then, and then you had, like, it was so random. There was some on bended knee. But then it jumped to like so anxious and, and pony. And I was like, whoa, slow down, Amanda. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, like, chill out. Like, Amanda's a little quick. Um, <laughs> But what you would do is as you're listening to the songs and you would call the person and you would talk about the song and like, oh, my gosh, I love all my life. And then you start like, yeah, because when I think of it, I think of all my life with you, girl. You know what I mean? Like and, and then you're on the phone for a long time and then somebody picks up like your mom's like, go to sleep. Hurry up. Go, you know, like, yeah. So that's the landline game. Um, you know, and you would have this, so it's like when you really love and care about somebody, you, you make them a mixtape, and the titles of the song is like you're trying to tell them something. You're trying to send them a message with something. And then I started thinking, like, well, what happens if, I don't know, it gets a little ugly, and we don't love each other no more? Do you give them an anti-mixtape? Do you get them I can't stand you tape? You know, and I was thinking about this and I was like, man, like if somebody, if she heard me, I was like, what songs would I put on a tape to give back to her for doing me wrong? So just to like, just out of curiosity, this is kind of what it would look like. And remember, we're in the 90s, so y'all might not know any of these songs. Um, I would put Changes by Tupac. Um, Heartless, Kanye West. You know, even though it's 08, I'm I'm bringing them in. I'm trying to be careful here. I don't get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> Little Miss Can't Be Wrong by Spin Doctors. I Hate Myself for Loving You. Joan Jett, The Black Hearts. I Hate Everything About You. Three Days Grace. You Give Love a Bad Name. Bon Jovi. Don't Speak. No Doubt. Pobre Diabla. Don Omar. Everyday struggle, Biggie Smalls. And if she really got on my nerves, I'll put La Vaca, Moon, right? Um, that's my La Fe. It's a great song to dance to, though. And then maybe Area Codes by Ludacris. Anyway, so uh, 
Don't look that up. Don't. don't. It's okay. All right. So, <laughs> different. Anyway. So, you know, I, I wish, like, us showing love to people was as easy as giving them a mixtape and sending them a message through something like this and just being like, here you go. Just read into it. But what John is going to look at us, what John is going to tell us today is that if you do not love your brother and sister in Christ, then God is not in you and you don't have the love of God in you. It's pretty sharp. It's a pretty sharp message. But when we talk about God's love, I think a lot of times we take a lot of our emotions and our experiences and our misconceptions and, and things that have happened to us in life and we drag all of that stuff into our definition of God being love. And what the scripture is going to show us is that God's love is so big. God's love is so grand that it supersedes everything in this world and everything in this life. And, and what we think about love does not match up with what the Bible says love is. So we have to be very careful. You know, before we dive into the text... You know, in Matthew 22, and I'm just going to kind of run through this. Matthew 22, 36 through 40, Jesus addresses this with the Pharisees. When the Pharisees talk to him, and they're like, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength, but love your neighbor as yourself. They ask for one, and he gives them two. Why? Because you cannot love God and not love people at the same time. It's impossible. He's, he's bringing it together. And what, he's say, what Jesus is saying is like, if you love your neighbor, it's like loving God. You cannot love God and hate your neighbor. It, you, it, it, it won't work. Now, what, first John, what John is going to kind of talk about in 1 John, which he's, remember he's talking to the Gnostics, he's going to say kind of the same things. Like, you cannot hate your brother and sister and claim that you love God and claim that God is in you. Like, you cannot claim to be a believer in Jesus if you hate somebody. That's not how it works. And it's very, very specific. So we're, we're going to look at three quick verses today, and then we'll be done. So look at verse, let's start on verse 19. Look at verse 19. So immediately, John, just, just off the bat, just very simple. We love because he loved what? Us. So what John is doing in these next three verses, he is summarizing all of chapter four. You know, the last couple of weeks we've talked about what this looks like. We talked about love and, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and, and, and what love is. So he's going to summarize everything, but he also wants to remind us the reason that we're able to love is because God loved us first. That means that God is the one that took the initiative, not you. We can't say that we love first. We can't say that we looked for God because, honestly, we want nothing to do with him because we're in our sin. The Bible says in Ephesians, like, we are an enemy of God. Like, even while we were dead in our transgressions, God, in all his riches and mercy and in grace, still decided to give his life for you. God is the one who took the initiative, not us. So our love finds its origin in God's love. 
And if you have Christ inside of you, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you have the anointing, if you have the Holy Spirit, that means that you carry the nature of God. And within the nature of God is the essence of God, which is love. So it comes out of you as an overflow. That's the way that we love people. He loves us and the love that now abides in us and has been perfected in us, like we talked about last week, now overflows in loving words and in loving actions. To who? To everyone. And this is kind of a difficult teaching for some of us because if we're honest with each other, we kind of tend to add conditions to commandments. And we're going to look at verse 20 because Jesus or John is going to show us through Christ that you can't do that. So look at verse 20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister or and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. So pretty much he's saying like with your lips, if you're, if you're claiming that you love God, but inside your heart and your actions you hate your brother, then John's going to straight up call you, you're lying. You're a liar. You're a hypocrite. It's, not, it's, not, it's, it's impossible. There's no way you could be a follower of Christ. There's no way you could have the essence of God if you hate your brother or sister. For whoever does not love their brother or sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God who they have not seen. So look what John is doing now. John, this is what we call a lesser to greater analogy. <clears throat> a lesser to greater analogy. So the gist of this is that John is pretty much saying that, that if you do not have the ability to love your brother that you can see, then you do not have the ability to love God that you cannot see. This is, this, is pretty, like, this is pretty straightforward. It is impossible for you to love the God that you cannot see if you hate your brother or sister. You cannot manage to love his creatures if you cannot love the creator. It's the same thing. And you cannot love his children and have love for the father at the same time. So if you do not love the children of God, then you don't love the father. I mean, so what, what John is doing is that he's trying to, to use this analogy to show people that you cannot do one or the other. Now, why does he use this? Because he's talking to the Gnostics. And remember, the Gnostics separated the physical from the spiritual. So the Gnostics would always talk about light, enlightening. He, he always talked about love. But the one thing the Gnostics were not ever able to do is explain where the source came from. They would always just kind of make things up. They would say that it, it's only for them. They were the only ones with the revelation. And what John is saying that it is impossible to claim that you love the invisible God, but at the same time not show love to his people. So what John does is that he counters this hypocritical notion with verse 21. And he throws this command at him. Verse 21 says this, and he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. What I want us to point out is there's no conditions to commands when it comes to, 
when Jesus speaks to us. And what, what many of us do is that we add our very own conditions and our own specifics, kind of like you're ordering something at Chipotle. You're like, yeah, I'll take a little bit of that, a little, yeah, a little more meat, which I can't stand those people. Uh, like, just get your food, go. I got but, but we try to pick and choose how we follow God's commands. So if God's commanding us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we can't say, I'll go only if, if I'm comfortable, if there's AC, if they have the food I like, if it's on the time that I can go. You see, we, we, we throw those things out there, and we have to be very, very careful that we follow the commands of God without adding things. And it also comes with this. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. But what if they hurt me? What if they did something wrong to me? What if they were mean to me? What if they stabbed me in my back? What if they sold me out? What if I don't trust them? And God is very clear. He's like, the command is you love them regardless. You forgive them. Now, you don't have to forget, but you have to forgive. You love people regardless. You know what I love about this, this love, this agape love, this brotherly love that John is pointing to, <clears throat> which is only found in Christ, is that there's three things that this love does that I think it's a great reminder for us. <clears throat> Sorry. Man, Eric, you had me singing too hard, bro. All right. <laughs> the first one is that it unconditionally forgives. It unconditionally forgives. Why does it unconditionally forgive? Because Christ forgave us. And because Christ forgave us, now we're able to forgive others. That's the only way that's able to happen. Without Jesus pardoning our sins and being the example of what true forgiveness looks like, we wouldn't be able to do it. It would be too difficult. <clears throat> so it unconditionally forgives. Number two, it bears others' burdens. It bears the burdens of others. Now remember, John is talking about brothers and sisters here. <clears throat> He uses the term brothers and sisters because that's people that are found in Christ. So, yes, we have to love everybody. We love our neighbor as ourselves. That's what Jesus said. But also, he's really being specific about those who are in the church, those who are around us. You bear others' burdens. That's uh, Galatians 6.2. And then number three is you sacrifice to meet their needs. That's out of Acts 20.35. If I love my brother and sister enough and I see that they're hurting, I see that they're in need, I see that they need something, I'm going to sacrifice me going to Starbucks three times a week so that way they can have electricity at their house. You know, we, we have to start thinking outside of ourselves. And the way you think outside of yourself is that you focus on Christ in you. And when you focus on Christ in you, you have the essence, you have the nature of the anointing in you. And you start asking him to show you where the need is. Now, many of us might kind of push back because something else that this love does, that that sacrificial, that brotherly love does, is that love does not tolerate false doctrine or habitual sin. And if you truly love someone, you're going to let them know. We, you know, we live in this culture like we're, we're, we're worried about people of being offended. But if you hold the key to freedom and joy and life, why would you withhold that? 
You know, a few months ago, we had um, Nicole led a kind of like a health assessment here. And the way it worked is that it was Nicole, Tisha, and Mario. They're medical professionals. And um, we would go and visit with them, and, and they would just kind of do an overview. And we were able to ask questions, and, and they would just take information and connect us to where we needed to go. But imagine this. What if I went and I visited with Nicole, and she's looking at my charts, and she's looking at everything that, after that, and she's like, you know, Ricky, like, you know, she realized, like, man, Ricky has, like, really high blood pressure and bad cholesterol, and, like, he's in, like, he might get some blood clots if he's not careful here. And then he, she meets with Mario and Tisha, and they're looking at my chart, and, and they're like, hey, we really need to talk to Rick about this because, man, this is going to impact his health. And she goes, but I ain't going to tell him. You going to tell him? <laughs> like, man, he might not invite me to, like, the girl's quinceañera. He might get mad. He might hold it against me. He might invite me to his house no more. Man, he might remove me. And then they start going back and forth. Well, like, I might tell him, but I'm also scared of that same thing. Like, bro, like, my, my health is at stake. Like, I'm going to get worse. And you guys are trained for this. You have the information. You have the answer to help. But you're worried about what I might think or feel. I want you to tell me what's wrong with me. So that way I could fix it. Or that way you could fix it. And we do the same thing with the gospel. So we have the love of God in us. We have the anointing. And we have the answer in God's word. But sometimes we, we're so afraid of telling people because of how we perceive what they might think about us. And really, we rather watch them live and suffering and die just because I'm, I'm worried that you might not invite me to a barbecue? We've got to really start looking a little bit differently of how we tell people about Christ and evangelize. We have the answer because we have love. And it is loving to tell people that they are not going in the right path. It is loving to tell them that their sin is going to destroy them. It is loving to get them help. And we need to take that step. God's perfect love is a blessing for believers to know and the joy and a joy for them to manifest to others. So because we have this love, this is a great thing for us. Now, what some of us, what I really want to kind of just spend a little time on is he's talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. And for some of us, we might not have hate for one another. We might not care for, like, we, we might not, like, just distaste somebody. But what happens when gossip starts to creep in and false assumptions come in and rumors? See, all of those things are baby steps to hate. And if, if, if that's what we are doing with the body of Christ, if that's what we're doing to each other, then I'm going to go ahead and throw out James chapter 4 and say, well, you need to look in the mirror. Because maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe it's you. And that's exactly what James claims here. So we have to be very careful that we do not lead in hate or things that are guiding us to hate. But we, all, we always want to lead in love. Regardless if you disagree, regardless 
if you, if you don't like, like the, what they think or what they, their views are, you always love people, no matter what. Then Luke 7, chapter, um, yeah, Luke chapter 7, and I think this is a great tie-in with this passage, Luke 7, verse 47, Jesus talks a little bit about this. Why are we so able to love? We talk about forgiving others. We talk about like not living in things that hate. It says, therefore, I tell you, her sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. So what Jesus is saying is that you've been forgiven a little, you love, but if you've been forgiven a lot, you love a lot. And y'all, I just want to tell us, we've all been forgiven a lot. We haven't just been forgiven a lot. We've been forgiven past, present, future sins, if you're found in Christ. So the love of God in us should just flow right through us. But also, love means letting go. You want to experience real love? Let go. There's things in our lives that we're holding on to that God is saying, let go. And if you don't let go of it, he cannot replace it with something that is so much better for you out of his love. We've got to let go of some things. So I, I think about this passage, and I was thinking, you know, speaking of mixtapes, what if, just out of curiosity, what if, like, John was saying, you know what, God has a mixtape for us. It's actually called 1 John chapter 4. And I think if God were to create a mixtape of this last chapter, this is kind of what it would look like. God's mixtape, John, 1 John chapter 4, the Practice Love EP, Right? And, and what he's done is he's going to accommodate, he's going to take everything in chapter 4, and he's going to kind of let us know, remember what mixtapes are used for, right? Like, you're trying to tell somebody by the title, you're trying to explain some stuff in, in, in ways. So if God were to have a mixtape for us, I believe that these are the five songs that he would have. Go ahead and put the songs up. So here's the Practice Love Mix, the EP, because John chapter, 1 John chapter 4 is all about us having the Holy Spirit, us actually showing love, that overflow that we just talked about. And if you don't love your brother or sister, then he doesn't reside in you. So song number one, it would be called the essence of love. The essence of love. What have we learned these last couple of weeks? That we practice love because the Holy Spirit indwells in us and because the essence of love comes from God. Because we have his nature. Remember, the Gnostics believed that God was an immaterial spirit and light, but they were never able to define the source that it was coming from. And really, the source that love comes from is from his innermost being. It's who God is. God is love. So in the scripture, we see God is spirit. He's light. God is a consuming fire. And God is love. And this love dwells in us and is perfect. And I'm going to say this. His love is even perfect in his judgment and in his wrath. His love is always perfect. 
for us. Song number two, imitate my perfect love. Imitate my love. See, the reason why we practice love is that Christ has not just defined, but he's demonstrated what perfect love looks like. And because love is perfect, us as believers should want to imitate that perfect love. What does that perfect love look like? That agape love. It's that sacrificial love. It's that love that, that we put others above our own selves. And you're only able to do that if you have the anointing inside of you, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. So we want to imitate his perfect love because we have it, because we carry it with us. Song number three is that it's the heart of your witness. God can't spell yours. So he put you are to save space on the cassette tape. So the reason why we practice love is because that is the heart of our witness. You need to understand that because we have the Holy Spirit in us, the world is looking at the church. The world is looking at those who follow Christ, and the world is not just looking at what we say, but they're looking at what we do. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the ones who represent, we are an ambassador of Christ sealed with the Holy Spirit. So our witness comes out of that heart, which is the essence, which is love. So because Jesus no longer is in the world to manifest God's love, the only demonstration of God's love in this present age is his church, full of followers and believers of Christ. So that's the heart of our witness. Number four is that my love banishes all condemnation. The love of God banishes all condemnation. We talked about this about two weeks ago. <clears throat> we know that once we receive the Holy Spirit, once we truly understand the love of God that he sent his son, not just to die for us, but to, to take that payment of God's wrath through sin for all eternity, and then we get to be with him regardless of our sin, because it is forgiven now. So I walk around in life with no condemnation. And as we talked about, like, man, now I have confidence Because I am free from that guilt and shame of sin on my life. So I don't walk around with my, my head down like, dang, I jacked it up this time. I walk around with, yes, Lord, I failed you, but you have forgiven me. And help me to walk toward your steps. Guide me. So there's forgiveness there. Because honestly, guys, the truth is atonement always leads to action. There's no way you can have an encounter with Christ and then just go home and sit on your hands. When you have an encounter with Christ and he changes everything, it leads to some kind of action. And it's the same thing, forgiveness, forgiveness leads to freedom. When you truly understand that you have been forgiven by a holy and righteous God, there is a freedom in your life now. So you don't walk around like your dog died all day. You, you are happy. There's a joy in your life that is perceived to the world and to the nations. That there's something wrong with you. Like, why is this guy so happy all the time? It gets on my nerves. I wish somebody made me a mixtape. Right? I mean, like, that's, that, that should pour out of us. And then the last one is, my love is your confidence. My love is your confidence. 
And we'll end with this. Our confidence, remember last week he talked about because of the love of God and because God is love, we have confidence in judgment. So when Christ comes back, we're going to know that we belong to him. He, I am his and he is mine. So remember why everybody's like running for the hills. We're like, yes, let's go home. Like, take me home. Our, our, our confidence comes in Christ, knowing that. So that practice is that, you know, the love that we have is, is not in order to escape judgment, but because we have escaped judgment. You cannot live in total love with God if you're terrified that you're going to be punished one day. Christians don't have to face that because we're covered by Christ and he sees Christ in you. He doesn't see our sin. He doesn't see all that stuff that separates us. He sees Jesus. Why does this work? Why, why does all this work? So if God were to give us a mixtape, he's like, listen, I want you to have this. This is about my love. I want you to listen to it. Inadvertently pay attention to the titles because I'm, I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to give you something that I want you to listen to over and over and over again. So when these songs come up out of nowhere, you're going to remember like, oh, yeah, that's my jam. That's that one song that we talked about. You know why it works? Because Jesus works. Go to the next one. So if you replace it with Jesus, Jesus is the essence of love. Jesus is the perfect example of love. Jesus is the heart of my worship and my witness. Jesus banishes all self-condemnation, and Jesus is our confidence. That's why this flows. That's why this works. It doesn't work if Christ doesn't work. This is the whole thing that John is getting to, to the letter to the Gnostics. You cannot get God right and Jesus wrong. It doesn't flow. You're wasting your time. It works because Jesus is, y'all. Jesus is. He is the essence of love. He is the perfect example. He is my witness. He's my self-confidence. And he banishes all my condemnation because Jesus does that. So I want to leave you with this question today. Have you accepted God's mixtape yet? It's right here. He's sending you messages. He's giving you this title to learn, to listen to it, to understand it. So that way you understand what he's trying to get to you. Man, he loves you so much. He, He wants you to know him, and he wants to know you. But you have to accept it. If you don't accept it, you're not going to understand it. Accept Jesus, because Jesus works. Jesus is. So I'm going to pray for us. And my prayer this morning is that if for some of you guys, if you don't, if, if all this is just kind of like, man, Ricky, I, I, I just pray that you have confidence to talk to somebody, that you bring yourself to understand, to, to know Christ, to follow him, and to surrender your life to him. Because I'm telling you, it is the greatest decision you ever make. And today we get to celebrate that with a brother that accepted the mixtape. It's going to be good. So let's worship together. Let's have a time of response. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for all that you do for us. Lord, I pray, God, that 
that for some of us, Lord, who um, are still trying to wrap our mind and, and comprehend, Lord, that there's nothing that we can do to attain salvation, Father. I pray, Lord, that you show grace and mercy. Lord, the reason why this works is because you work. So, Lord, help us to put our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ. Because you're the only one that can do it. So, Jesus, we love you and we thank you because you are good to us. In your name we pray all these things. Amen. Let's worship together.